Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. This is Hobbs Q, and I have a very special episode for you all today. This is going to be the audio from the panel that I did along with Chase, Shivam, and Ryan, uh, Tron is bad, at the MagicCon Las Vegas this past weekend. This panel is meant to build off of the one that the Goblin Lore podcast did at uh, MagicCon Minneapolis, talking about mental health recovery and planeswalker journeys. The focus of this is really talking about making magic content whilst dealing with our own mental health struggles. Each of the panelists that was brought on are people who are very open, who are very honest, who I find to be very vulnerable and willing to share their experiences. And the key thing is, I think they all had very different backgrounds and experiences to share to talk about how we might be able to cope with the stress and to, you know, kind of get ourselves going when we're really in that tough place. Before we get started, I just want to let everybody know that this episode was recorded during Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month, and therefore some of the topic content may be a little heavier as we are talking about mental health and our own struggles. So we wanted to add a content warning around basically suicide, substance use, trauma, depression, anxiety, and any of these topics or related topics that may have come up. The reason I'm sharing this now is we did give this as a content warning for the panel, but unfortunately, I did not hit record immediately. So you're going to be jumping in in the middle of Shivam's introduction. So we do have video that will be coming. I am working on finding out how to get that edited and to get some help with that. And we will have that video, and that video will contain everything that is kind of the, the whole thing. It will include the introduction. But for now, please sit back, enjoy, and I look forward to hearing any feedback that you all have. Less enfranchised magic players and making it so that there's room for people like me to show up and be able to be accepted in this community. I'm like, that is the work that I've been trying to do. And knowing that it's working is the most gratifying thing you can have, right? Hi, um, my name is Chase. My pronouns are they, them. I'm also known as Mana Curves on Twitter. Um, and everywhere social media is. Um, got that branding down pat. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, one thing that I am really grateful for kind of today is just being able to make people smile this weekend. It's just been really nice. Like talking to people, um, being able to, like I was given a couple booster packs to hand out and I just handed them out to people and I saw people like get really excited like that they got handed a random pack or that, you know, they get hand, ran, handed a random secret layer. It's just really nice to see people experiencing joy in person because I feel like a lot of the time when we ourselves are on social media, we get really clouded in the sort of negative echo chamber that we really kind of, it just presents itself very heavily and prominently. And that doesn't seem to be the case when we are at these events and we just see people happy. We see people excited and we see people passionate. And that's just something that I really love and I'm really grateful for. So I said I was Hobbs and I, I will at least share what I am grateful for this morning is um, I, I have a lot of creativity and stuff that I enjoy. I actually used to be kind of a theater kid and do improv and I haven't done that in, in, in many, many years. And yesterday I dressed up as Squee and walked around and, <laughs> and danced around um, at the event last night. And I am just grateful for the, the people that I have around me that encouraged me to go and go last night and to do this and to kind of just be uninhibited in a way that I'm not in typically anymore. It was a way to kind of let go. Uh, I will agree with Chivam. Like there was the, the element of that music was just a surrealness that I never thought I would experience. <laughs> like 
go back to well, Hobbes 40, 20 years ago, I'm not that old, 20 years ago, <laughs> and you tell him that he's going to be dancing around at a goblin while Frodo DJs, and I really just don't think that person could have ever conceived a world, but magic and just community and these things has made it possible in a way that I, I just cannot fathom. I'm sorry, I'm like straight up going to start bawling today, um, so that's me. Uh, hello, everybody. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ryan Nicholas, uh, better known as Tron is Bad on all social medias. Uh, I'm very new to all of this, so bear with me. Thank you for being here. Uh, big thank you to all of my peers that have invited me to do this. Um, what I focus on is I focus on competitive magic. Uh, I do modern legacy, vintage arena, magic online. Uh, pretty new to the commander scene. Um, but for me, specifically since playing since 2010, oh, also I go by he, him. Um, specifically since 2010, uh, I've struggled a lot with mental health and more specifically with substance abuse. Uh, so that is kind of where my background is and I recently celebrated. Uh, well, this week specifically on the 28th is my 1,000 days sober. Uh, I, I want to say thank you to uh, my, I'm going to start choking up right there, uh, to, to uh, Hobbs and Beth for orchestrating an incredible little get together the other day and thank you so much. Uh, I still don't feel like I deserve it. Um, but that is, <laughs> okay. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, why we're here. Uh, but me, me specifically, what I like to focus on is that journey. Um, and. Quite transparently, uh, in competitive magic, it doesn't get talked en enough about uh, the mental health aspect and the substance abuse that is, are behind the scenes of competitive magic and trying to get the upper hand on your opponents or staying up late to grind and like test uh, transparently <laughs> Adderall abuse and uh, these mental focus uh, drugs that are that are trying to that people are trying to use uh, to make sure that we are uh, in the proper mindset, while at the same time, th that is, in my opinion, and what I feel is kind of the negative side of competitive magic. And the competitive players don't really have, um, they don't really use their voices in the sense that, hey, I'm struggling, uh, I, w I want to get better, uh, and I'm fighting against myself the entire time. So if you've seen me on Twitter before, I, I post these little videos every morning um, big shout out to uh, Mental Misplays because honestly, without Alan, I wouldn't be posting those videos. He gave me the entire idea to do it because prior to that, I was posting a picture of coffee and pre-Magic Twitter, I, I would post a picture of coffee every day for the past three years and I have a little tagline at the end, raise them high and raise hell. And I've say, said the same thing every day just because you are you are that champion. You are the champion in the morning, you're the champion at night, you're, you're the champion tomorrow and yesterday. Um, so now what they've kind of changed into is uh, my brother over here uh, reached out to me and said, hey, do you, do you want to, have you ever thought about like putting it under an umbrella tag? And I said, no, of course not. I just post these videos because this is kind of just me shouting into the void. Um, but Hobbs and I uh, both founded Better Days MTG. And if you've seen the thread uh, online at all, kind of uh, what, what we want to do is just kind of host an inclusive space and make sure that everyone feels like they can talk about the things that they're going on or talk about the things that they've really been proud of or the things that they've been struggling with. So I know that that uh, was a little bit, but that's kind of like my intro where I'm at right <laughs> no, now. That... Uh, so nice to meet you all and thank you for being here.
And one of the reasons that I wanted to do kind of this, this gratitude or this kind of a daily gratitude, it's one of the exercises that I use with my own family. Uh, we do kind of a thing at night where we do three good things from the day and something that we're looking forward to tomorrow. And sometimes it literally is a cup of coffee is on my list of three good things because that day wasn't great. Uh, but I, it, it, there's a concept within positive psychology as we're kind of getting into this where it's about you know, the, you look at the habits of what healthy people do. You look at beyond not being depressed or not being anxious to actually say, what does it mean to be happy? What does it actually mean if I focus on positive instead of just trying to get to some baseline of zero? And so that's why I wanted to do this. It's a, it's this great simple activity that I just I love to do. So, oh, yeah. Also, I, I did forget. Um, this is me showing up as a student. I forgot to answer the question. Uh, what, what, oh, I, what was I, I, I thought there for, was like six for, things for within there, so I thought uh, you did but it. But today, spe specifically this morning and this weekend, the amount of people that have come up to me and said, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing because I have not been able to kind of like talk about my sobriety or the journey that I've been going on. That's probably what has meant most to me this weekend. And that's, it's, it's been, um, I've been taken aback in the sense that like, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, and I, I've struggled on this journey, and everyone's journey is different, but to hear and see and meet all these incredible people saying like, hey, I'm trying to get through this too. Uh, do you have a second to talk about it? Absolutely. I have all the seconds to talk about it. So that's what I'm grateful for. Thank you. So we're going to be talking a little bit about today, the, the first half, we're going to talk a little bit about just this, a concept of mental health. We talked about this in Minneapolis. It's a, it's a concept that both Chase and I, so if people don't know Chase's background, their background is that they were also studying to be a social worker and they have their degree in social work. Chase and I have a lot of overlap in terms of our interests in that area. And there's a concept of what's called mental health recovery, which is really in line with the idea of actually substance use recovery. The models are very similar. And we want to just do a little bit of a framework with that before we get into talking about content creation or content that how we're putting it out or you know this group up here that I think does put out consistently putting that out and I think I'm willing to say for myself and I, I'm, I'm guessing knowing this panel while we all have these things that we struggle with mm -hmm. um, and so we're gonna kind of that'll be the plan for what we're gonna be doing today so mental health recovery is really this idea that that you can recover I mean this is a whole thing against stigma it's that idea that you're not going from point A to point B this is not a linear process. This is a very messy thing. Mm -hmm. But overall, there are some things that are in there that are really important to recovery. A lot of people, when they think about their journey through mental health, they think about it as, again, like you said, a point A to point B. A lot of this is very cyclical. Mental health is cyclical. Your experiences with substances are going to be cyclical. There's not going to be, I'm not good, and then I'm better. And that's kind of a, a big deal that we kind of talk about with these kind of modalities, especially when we think about um, the concept of, of, I like how you said, like recovery. It's a lot of people think when they, you know, go to seek help or seek treatment or seek services, it's about uh, fix, uh, get, you know, it, there's no fix. It's just a constant working together. It's, it's a journey that you're taking. It's not, I am bad and then I am good. It's just this linear, like you said, a messy cycle. Yeah. So with that, there's some concepts that are going into it. One is hope. And I mean, you think things like at the end of the day, if people take from today is that concept of hope um, and awareness, being aware of yourself and to know yourself well enough to know it's not, I need to focus on 
illness or I need to focus on symptoms. It's focusing on just knowing yourself better to know when you might need to ask for help or when you might want to post something that you can talk about openly. So hope is kind of the biggest thing that I want to kind of send in awareness. Mm -hmm. Then you have the concept of things being very person driven. Again, it's not about, you know, you know, I have depression. So I am a person who experiences depression. It's about that reframing everything. It's you are in the driver's seat with your mental health professional. It is a journey that you walk alongside together because it's not the the substance or the mental health um, the the mental illness that you are tackling. It's your relationship with it. It's your relationship with your clinician. It is a path that you use to work together. And I think that that's something that I really like about this a lot. And I I, I handed this over to Ryan. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, I didn't want to kill a tree, and so it's all on my phone, so I'm going to kind of be passing it around because I think this is a concept that Ryan is the next one. Is. Um, oh, both of these next two are really. Which one? The, it's this idea of being holistic in this peer support element. Yeah. So that, uh, oh boy, uh, the peer support aspect of things. Um, so allow me to let you in on a little of my life and that journey that I was talking about. Um, in 2014, I moved from New Jersey to Portland, Oregon, and I lived out there for about a year and that's kind of like the high point of where I was like I thought that I was the most competitive player in the world I was traveling in country all the time to Grand Prix if anyone remembers those um, <laughs> what are those? Um, to traveling to Grand Prix around uh, the country and uh, I was brought up uh, learning how to play magic from Pro Tour winners uh, one of my roommates at the time was um, pre-2014 uh, I lived with Jacob Van Lunen he won the Pro Tour in 2007 and that's how I learned how to play. I learned how to play your competitive. I never had the opportunity to play kitchen counter magic, uh, which is a very fun thing I've realized. <laughs> I like just throwing haymakers every now and then. Um, but when I moved out to Oregon on my own, uh, my roommate at the time, who I, I felt was one of the coolest people in my life, played magic competitively all the time, but was also my drug dealer. Every single morning that I would wake up to start my day, I'd reach into my wallet, pull out $50, and I'd buy a bag of cocaine um, and I did that every day for almost a year completely. And where I kind of figured um, that I had a really bit bad issue uh, was my father called me one day. And it's that parental um, intuition. Uh, I'd never talked to my dad about any issue that I never had. He said, hey, Ryan, I don't know why I have to tell you this, but if you have a drug problem, you're making too much money. Um, and I did because I was also selling drugs at the same time to fund my magic, to fund my travel. Um, and I felt like I was doing all the right things because I was staying up late, because I was testing, because I knew the meta and I knew how to beat my opponent. I would 3-0 every single FNM out in Oregon. Um, but that was probably the most diminishing that I ever was to myself, period, because I didn't realize what I was doing to myself until that conversation. Um, after that conversation, uh, a few months after that, um, I just got on a plane. I sold a playset of Volcanic Islands. Uh, when they were about $300 a piece, <laughs> uh, and I got myself back to New Jersey. Uh, um, I struggled a lot from the years of 2014 until about like 2016, 2017, where I kind of just like chilled out a little bit. Um, throughout all of this time, uh, I was friends with groups of people that were really negative towards my health. Uh, they were making the wrong decisions. But I thought that in my mind that this was the group that I was supposed to hang around with because they, they were supporting me and they were making sure that I was having a good time. They were always inviting me out to places. 
but I was blinded by the fact that I was abusing and I was blinded by the fact that I, I didn't realize how depressed I was because I was, sh I was clouding it with all these substances and these, these, um, these fake veils of uh, being happy and I, I couldn't give myself hope. Um, so where all of the peer support comes in really was around 2018 where I just decided I'm like, okay, maybe I should just like stop doing all of this stuff. Uh, I've been clean, actually, let me, let me, <laughs> let me pull up this cool little counter I have. Um, judge, can I use my phone? <laughs> uh, so off of cocaine specifically, I'm seven years, 10 months and five days sober. Thank you. Um, off of nicotine, which that, that, that was rough. I started smoking cigarettes when I was like 13 years mm -hmm. old. Uh, but nicotine, I'm off one year, eight months, 23 days. And then, of course, uh, and then alcohol, which was probably the worst thing in the world for me, where I drank too much, too fast, too many days. Uh, two years, eight months, and 23 days. Um, I kind of, uh, I kind of just did everything uh, on my own for a lot of this. I never, I never sought help. Um, I, I was always just told, "Hey, he's drinking too much," or you're, you, uh, "Can you drink all of that?" Or someone was like egging me on to drink a little bit more, um, and I thought that it was the coolest thing because I could just pound back all of these, all of these things, and I didn't realize how much I was poisoning myself. But the pure holistic side of things comes in towards. I have an incredible support system now, and um, between the years of 2018 and now, it's really shown. And my mom, bless, bless her for real. She's she's one of the coolest people on the face of the planet. She's very very spiritual. Um, she's a Reiki master, holistic healer. She does everything very very naturally. Um, she's always been really worried about me, and I understand why. And my mom is hands down one of my best friends. And I am so wildly thankful for my partner at the time, at this current time. Her, her name's Nikki. She's one of the best people that I've ever met. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, she's been supportive since the day that I met her. Uh, but all of this time, I've really been doing a lot on my own. Uh, but because of magic, to relate it back to magic, to kind of reel it in, um, I found unity in the sense that I was able to rely on people around me for the first time uh, within the past five years that people were there in the sense that other people were sharing the same problems that I was having. I just didn't know about it because Ryan is so headstrong and Ryan doesn't talk about any problems that he's having. He's dealing with everything on his own. There's only Ryan. Ryan is the only person that can solve this. And that's a lot of the ways that I've dealt with all of this. And up until recently, up until I've met all of these incredible people, um, I was alone. And that's my perception. I may not actually be alone because everyone's telling me, hey, I'm there for you. I will always be there for you. But when you are sitting there looking at me right now as I'm saying that, and maybe you have your days of like, I am by myself. I'm dealing with this on my own. It's that mental barrier that you are fighting against yourself. And you will, and, and people that have asked me how I'm doing this and to, to relate it, it is the hardest game of magic that I've ever played in my entire life. I am facing every single pro tour competitor. I'm, I'm on the world stage right now because if I lose, there is no tomorrow for me. There is no day two. So holistically and peer wise, 
I've been able to kind of lean on all of the people that I've met, and that is what I'm grateful for. I, I'm grateful for the fact that, yeah, I'm a pretty subpar magic player, <laughs> but I'm more grateful for, as cliche it is, as it is, that, that third word in Magic the Gathering. I'm thankful for the gathering because peer-to-peer -peer is how I am still here. So in true Goblin fashion, we had like a rough outline here that I barely shared with the <laughs> panelists. I'm giving it over there to Shivam. And we're just going to go off the rails and tangent hard because we're already talking about the topic. As you can tell, as each of us is speaking, these things are coming out. And I think this one, that peer piece, I don't think any of us do this without a network around us that is actually there to support. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to just like let you all like speak to this because I think this topic is one that is huge. Either any of them. You want to go on to the next? I'll just like the ending Ryan's journey. I'm like, I know. Well, I will share off of Ryan's journey. In the past year, I've had just a lot of loss. I've had a lot of difficult stuff within both my work and not. And we were able to find another host to join us for the podcast for Goblin Lore. We have been down to two hosts since the original third host left. We had... Well, we have our other host right here. They are still one of our hosts listed everywhere when we get a chance. We have one of our frequent guests, Michelle, here in the audience. We, we have these people, but we didn't have a third regular host for those weeks when I couldn't record or Alex, the co-host, couldn't record. So then it's like scrambling to, do we want to do something? Do we don't? What is the plan? So we've actually, I, 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 we sought out to bring on somebody else to make sure that we weren't doing this alone. If you've been listening at all this summer, I don't ever expect that people are. Um, I, I've been absent from a lot of episodes. There's been a lot more solos, maybe two of us together, but the three of us together has been a lot less frequent because of this. And, and it's, it, like I said, I, I take it on a lot and it's not just me, it's the whole cast. And I can imagine that and I understand that, but at the bad brain day, it's not there. Um, it's, I'm letting down my castmates. I am letting down whoever. So I, that's, I was going just off the rails. So for me, I do an interview process. And I started it right at the beginning of January 2020 because I was like, oh, it'll be great. I can go to events. I can meet people. I'll be able to find people to talk to. It'll be awesome. And of course, uh, two weeks later, <laughs> there's no tomorrow, right? Now, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm an extrovert. And I get my energy and my joy and my laughter and my happiness from people, from crowds, from this. And we were in a place where that's not a thing, where you've got the four walls around you and the people in your household, and that is the, it. And I don't know about you, but my son and wife got very tired of listening to my stories. Uh, and they were like, Papa, I've heard about your magic. Please stop. And I'm like, okay, well, the thing is, like, what we've got here, I've got hardcore ADHD. I've got an inability to complete anything in my life. And there are very few things I've ever done. There's so many projects I've had that like dream jobs or dream ideals that I've let wither away because I was so caught up in my own anxiety and inability to finish, follow through, get the thing done. And you know how many chances I have to work at Wizards or to make sets or do whatever that I've just let die because I couldn't bring myself to do it or to turn in the paper or do the, like the opportunity has been given to me. I just need to sign my name, and my ADHD won't let me do that. And so there are two things in my life that I've managed to keep going without fucking up. And that is, A, my marriage, which this year we've been together 23 years. This is our 15th year marriage. And B, 
Casual magic. Since I started, I have not missed a single week. Woo! I'm almost at 200 episodes. Yeah, and in, in like... In like two years. Two years. It's more than that. That's a lot of people to talk to. Yeah. Now, the challenge is, it's like, I can't do it because I need to, I need to find people to talk to. I need to, because that's how I live. If I don't have people to talk to, I will wither away. And so being able to have an hour block where I can sit there and say, hey, buddy, I need you to come on and we need to talk about cards or some garbage. It doesn't matter because the conversation is the important part. It's not the topic. It is the fact that this scheduled moment of my life allows me to have time to be able to do something to take that next step forward, to take that next step forward, to keep trudging until an action becomes a behavior, becomes a pattern, becomes breathing, right? Like in my other life, I'm a priest. I'm a Hindu priest. I focus a lot on spirituality, on finding ourselves, on finding our center. And one of the most important things is being able to give without expectation of receiving and being able to accept gifts given to you without feeling an obligation or like a need. And that is a very big challenge for humanity. And one of the things is I'm like, you know what? I need to be able to, for my own self, be able to continue doing this. Because if I don't put the podcast out, if I don't talk to people, then I start to lose this sense of purpose that I have. Because I was unemployed for like the entirety of the pandemic. I only just got a job again like last week. So literally, the podcast was it. If I didn't put it out every week, I wasn't talking to anybody. That's like, I wasn't leaving the house. I got so deep in my depression that like my wife was like, look, dude, your hair is falling out. And I have a lot of it. That means it's all over the damn place. And she's like, you're losing weight. You're not doing anything. You're going from the bedroom to the office to the bedroom to the office. And there's no joy in your life anymore. And I was like, what the hell, man? I am known in magic as Mr. Happy Guy. That's bad for business. And how do you find this joy when you've got none? Where do you go to draw water from the well to spread out to everybody when the well is dry? Right? That is kind of the challenge of content creation. Our job is to be here. So many people, over since we've come back since uh, 2021 at Vegas and then all the other events we've been to, people are like, man, I was a first responder and I used to listen to your podcast while driving the ambulance around. I'm like, what do you say to that? What do you say to somebody who's like, your show and listening to people have normal conversations is what got me through the worst times of my life. And you're like, but I'm in the worst time of my life. What do I do? Who do I turn to, right? And what you end up doing is you realize all this I'm giving away is coming from somewhere. I can tap into that same well. I just need to appreciate that this strength is inside of me, right? Like this core of iron is right here. But if I'm not looking within, if I'm not taking a minute to sit there and say, okay, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? And once you can sit there and say, like, wait, you know what? I am the strength I've always had. And being able to do that has made me a better person. It's made me more accepting of these kinds of, you know, gifts people are giving me of the gratitude. But also, it means I can sit there and say, like, I am good at this. I am a good person. I am strong. And being able to flip that switch and be able to say, like, you know what? It's not about self-reliance. It's more about self-awareness and about self-acceptance. It's about being able to sit there and say, like, all of these things are within me. I just need to stop pretending like I am not as good as I think I am. Right? Like, I am. And it's, it's that challenge. It's very difficult. And being able to come back to these things has been so beneficial to me because I can remember, I'm like, I'm, I'm actually kind of cool. <laughs> I am cool. It's okay. Very cool. Yeah. You know? Oh, very cool. 
we're going that direction, not the other way. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned, Jeevan, the, like the intentionality and purpose. And there, that, that is to me. I actually brought my journal with me today that is a purpose planner. We've, we've literally hyped it up on the show and got it. This, they like sent us a bunch of them. Because it is a mindfulness-based planner. Because a normal planner does jack for me. Like, I, I just doesn't. But it prompts me to fill in what is your strengths? What have you gotten better at? What, what is your intentionality for this month? The fill-outs in it is not just what's your schedule. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that <laughs> questions like that are helpful to you. They're stressful to me because that requires me to be introspective. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like to do that. But this is the, this is, this is the other reason, like at the, at the start, I wanted to say the reason we have four people up here is because I think you're going to see the common humanity and the commonalities that we have. Mm. We all are going to find what works for us very yeah. different. Yes. So. Um, I, there was so many nuggets of truth within what you were saying that I found to be uh, very similar to my experience. So a little brief background on me is that I, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, I believe the last month of the pandemic, I graduated with my master's in social work. I was going to go on to be a therapist. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> um, I was content creating as a hobby and I uh, was able to trick the people at EDHREC into giving me a job into editing, um, which has been phenomenal. I hope so, staring at Matt and Dana. <laughs> but um, one thing that I heard you say, Shivam, that I thought was very um, impactful for me was talking about how someone tells you how much you've impacted them when you yourself are at your worst. And that is a very interesting thing that's kind of been an issue of mine over the past however long. And so in a, in a different vein is I'm a very introverted person, which I think is a very, very, if you couldn't tell. That's what we put them next to each other. Yeah, which I think is very interesting considering the line of work I've decided to do. Um, I don't like to be perceived, and yet I'm very perceivable. Um, and it has been very difficult for me, but because I edit, because I write articles, because I stream, because I do a podcast, I'm at home all the time. Uh, all my coworkers are all across the country, so I don't really have, you know, the the social aspect that I think a lot of people really crave. You know, like the only good thing about going to your 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 nine to five is that you get to see people you kind of like. Um, I don't get to do that, <laughs> and so for me, a very big struggle was feeling very isolated. So I was very isolated. I was having a very rough time with my mental health, and even before then, when I was practicing social work, I, it was a lot of like, I would do a lot of different therapies. I did a lot of DBT therapy, a lot of CBT therapy, and it was a lot of do as I say, but not as I do. I would never take the own, my own advice that I would give people. <laughs> it was, it's gonna work for you, but it's not gonna work for me. And that was a very big issue, and it prevented me from seeking help for a very, very long time, um, because I thought it just wouldn't work. Because why would it? Um, and then I finally took the plunge and decided to see a therapist. And it took a while because, again, when you find a therapist, I've said this in Minneapolis, I'll say this again, shop around. Don't stick with the first one you find. It's important to find a therapist that fits you and your needs. They are doing a service for you. You know, it's, it's you, you have the right to be picky and be choosy with this because you're entrusting them with very important uh, private information, that can be a very terrifying thing, telling everybody about the deep, dark thoughts that you have about yourself. And so um, 
I've been very thankful and very happy to have been improving my mental health journey. And very recently, I was able to um, meet up with a therapist and a psychiatric nurse practitioner and finally get uh, started on uh, medication to help with a lot of the issues that I've been having, which is really great. But I think that that is something that is that took me a really long time to do because I had this own stigma against medication. Even as someone who worked in the field, I was like, it's going to work for other people, but if I take it, there's something wrong with me. Which is just, it's this rough thing of just being so hard on yourself and not relenting and, and just making yourself, again, like you said yourself, you, you're, you're marinating and wallowing in, in your depression and your anxiety and you're preventing yourself from experiencing these things and, and doing these opportunities and, and really kind of destroying yourself for no particular reason. And that was what my journey was. And, you know, in a, to kind of relate it back to like the healing recovery model, I still have very rough days. I have very few days where I can't physically move from the couch anymore, which I find to be absolutely fantastic. But there's also very interesting things about like peer support too. It's about like what Ryan said about finding those peers and finding those people in your life that can help support you because you're supposed to have this very good support network. And you know, you can have people who can really help you and then you can have people who can really harm you. And so you have to seek that out as well. And that's been a, a journey for me, especially because I've been so isolated, especially because that's why I try and make myself go to FNM is so I can experience that gathering and talk to people and hang out with people. Because if I can't, I'm just going to be at home working or editing or writing or streaming or staring at my phone, doom scrolling, thinking about tweeting, but not actually doing it. And I... Um, could definitely go into more detail about that. I don't What's think that, that will. Like? It's awful. No, I, 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 like, nobody go look at my tweet count ever, please. I promise you, do not I don't do know it. how to not tweet. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll talk about that. Uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a job to be electronically Yeah, which I hate. If I could give up social media in a heartbeat, I would live, laugh, love that for myself. Um, <laughs> but I think the reason, and I, I really want to you know, kind of come across this, like when we were doing this panel, a big fear of mine was like, I don't want this to come across as us trauma dumping at you lovely individuals <laughs> yeah, listening to us. I think the reason why I am very happy to talk about mental health and my experience with it, I think all of us ourselves, is that it's even the people who you watch on the screen or maybe you look at their tweets and you go, wow, they really have the funny ha-has. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a universal experience that I think a lot of us face and a lot of us struggle with, you know, addiction, um, substance use, mental health, depression, anxiety, ADHD. It's, it's a lot and it's, it's more universal than we think. And it's, it's, for me, my experience has been removing myself of the mindset that it's only me experiencing these things. Um, and my therapist blew my mind when she told me that something that I did, you know, and I perceived to be my fault might not actually be my fault. It could be the other person. What? <laughs> I didn't realize that. I, I, hang on, I didn't take some notes from my client. Blew my good. mind. No. Good. Blew my mind. <laughs> well, well, she has no. letters after her last name. So. If, if I can tag off of that for one second, though, one thing I've learned in the course of 200 conversations, which has been really helpful to me, is because I'm talking to all these other content creators, is that a lot of them sit there and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm using you as like my therapist proxy because I can finally talk to somebody that's not just asking me about my Twitch numbers or whatever, right? Like, um, and all these talks are like, yo, you know what? It's really isolating to stare into a camera all day or look at your computer and just 
talk into a chat box and look at like who's on the Twitch thing or if you're on YouTube or if you're in some like podcast, you're even three steps removed from even having that conversation. And the thing that I've learned is that we need to have people we can just talk to as people that are not as content, that are not as like, for instance, I sat in the other day, I was talking like about a game that I played with Tappy and Cass and some other folks and someone immediately was like, did you guys tape it? And I'm like, hell no, we didn't tape it. This was for us to be able to sit there and be humans and just relax. Like people are like, hey, how come you don't play games at uh, MagicCon anymore? I'm like, because I want to be able to be present and be here and not try to be on stage with you. Like I, I can't perform when we're in this. Mm -hmm. This is like, I've, I've got to have something for me. I've got to have something that I can keep for myself that we can keep for ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, I, it made me think like, um, so we did, you know, the pandemic. Sorry, Chase, did. I didn't mean to just cut you. Oh, no, you sorry. didn't, not at all. You're fine. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> we're apologetic people. Yeah, this is like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> where's Mr. B? Uh, anyway, so um, we, a lot of what's been, in, when we started the pandemic, I was impressed at how quickly Magic players moved to technology because we are adaptive. This is the strengths-based approach. One of the last elements that we're kind of missing here or talking about here when it comes to this recovery model is strengths-based approach. It is literally based on what the strength is versus symptoms or whatever. Mm -hmm. Magic players took to, there was, you know, there was there was a few people streaming. We didn't have spell table. We were playing on Discord um, before Discord then like moved their weird wonky formats. Tabletop simulator. Yeah, like whatever we could find. And, and like people jumped to that during the pandemic and it is where a lot of content creation came from. And I remember at one point, I was very fortunate to get asked to do a boxing league. I think it was like the very first one that had been done kind of after BDM and Sheldon had had this concept and put it together. And I'm I'm not talking about it. So um, uh, uh, I got asked to do this. And to me, that was like such an experience. And one of the best games I had was with these two folk right here where we didn't stream it. We just, we had our boxing decks because we were doing a league and we were supposed to do so many matches a week. And we were, there were a lot of them being streamed. We played a game without streaming and it blew my mind what a difference that game was. No, well, I mean, but, it, we, but I mean, it's like even just, like you said, like uh, we, I, I, I don't feel like I put on an image a lot of times, but I know they have impression management. It's, it's an element of it. Um, that's the thing for me is to try to be very open, uh, which is discouraged in my field. I, I talk about this, like I'm probably gonna share this video and my work people, I could, I could see judgment that could come out of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm willing to do it because it needs to happen. It's a ridiculous concept that, 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 that people think this. Mm -hmm. And th that piece of taking that adaptability of the magic community, just real quick, I'm gonna let to some stories, but um, the last big element is culture. And <laughs> the culture within recovery model is not just color of your skin or what your identities are in terms of like LGBTQ, which is, you know, if you, if, I think if you throw that word culture out to a lot of people, that they, they jump to certain things. Culture is literally microcosms of society and whatever. Magic is literally that, like this is a culture. The gathering piece is literally what it is. And um, Shiva mentioned the priest piece and the helper piece and people telling you that therapist, you and I, when we did our casual magic episode was about how both of you and I have yeah. those roles and then we also do this other stuff. And right. that's what our episode was on. Yeah. And yeah, so. That was, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, one thing I do want to say is if there's anybody in here who has ever thought about getting into content, content creation or maybe is doing it currently themselves via any single platform, I think one of the things I really want to have you take away is make space for yourself yes. because it took me forever to really learn that. Um, uh, again, with the whole concept of like, you know, we didn't record that game. There have been moments where I'll just be at FNM playing with random people in my hometown and then my head will go, this would have been really cool for camera. And I'm like, why did I think that? Yep. This is this is for me. This isn't for content. This isn't for, you know, numbers or whatever. It's it's for myself. And it, it's, it's taken a very long time for me to learn that, to take moments for myself, whether it's to to knit or to watch a dumb movie or to just play magic, but in a sense where I don't have to be on and I can just be my idiotic self. It's just for me. So if, if that's a journey that you are wanting to take, my biggest piece of advice is just make space for yourself. Don't monetize everything you do. Don't want, exactly. No. Uh, take up space. Do not be afraid to take up space. Um, because uh, for the longest time, I was afraid to Can do I that. Can I tag into that for a second? Nope. Of course. So, so, <laughs> why did I even ask? <laughs> so, I have a very good friend with these two authors, Margaret Royce and Tracy Hickman, who created the Dragonlance series. And um, I was at Gen Con one year, and I've been, I'm like an Uber fan, so I've known them. I got to, you know, be friends with them, whatever. And we're at the, you know, they're a book signing, and they're signing books for people, and they're coming to fan. And Tracy Hickman going to everybody saying, hi, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Oh, it's so lovely. I love that you love my thing. And then he sees it. Oh, hi, Shane. And then he keeps going, oh, oh my God, it's so wonderful. <laughs> and later on, I went to Margaret. I'm like, man, what happened? Does Tracy not like me? What happened here? And she's like, no, it's not that he doesn't like you. It's that he knows you and feels that comfortable enough that he doesn't have to put a face on you. Mm -hmm. That he can look at you and just be like, oh, it's comfort, safe spot. I can take a breath. And I don't need to be like, super exuberance and that learning that lesson and taking it into myself and being like because like if you see me around here at the cons and people come up to me like oh my god can you sign this card can you sign this card great and then i'll go up and i'll see like you know graham stark or something I'm like oh phew it's, it's, it's a friend that i could just chill with or you know something like or like these dudes i can just sit there and be like all right i'm in a play break just relax and learning to make when you're a face when you're a person who's doing content when you're putting yourself out there. This is the performance. And when we're here, this is the stage. This, so we've got to have a minute where we can go backstage and be like, yo, I'm just sitting here. Can I just have like a drink of water and we'll talk in a minute? Or if like, you know, somebody came up, like someone came up to me at the buffet two days ago. I had a plate full of food and he was like, oh my God. And I'm like, so nice to meet you, man. Come, <laughs> come to my signing tomorrow morning. I'll happily give you all the time you want. I got to eat right now. <laughs> And yeah. he was very polite about it, and it was really cool. But, but you have like, to be able to say that. You have to set that boundary. Yeah, you have to be able to get to that point I, where yeah. you can set a boundary. And it took me a long friggin' time to be able to set boundaries. Because I'm a very giving and opening, and like, I want you to be happy. That's where my happiness comes from. But I'm like, yo, I, I can't do everything. I can't play games with everybody. I can't, I mean, I'll sign whatever you want. I'll take all the pictures. But there's got to be a bubble where I can sit there and say, like, I need to now end this interaction, and I can walk away, and we're both good. Can I tap in on that? Um, anyway, so uh, I, I'm actually, I'm in a completely left turn because it, what you said sparked another thing because that's how my brain also fries. And um, 
Man, I, yeah. Anyway, um, you mentioned like your the Dragonlance, and it made me think about how you got to actually work on Dragonlance, and which is awesome. This guy got to work on the Dragonlance. Dude, you know when you're a fan of something for like 30 years, and then the author doesn't come and say, "Hey, you want to help write the last possible books you're gonna do?" Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, I yes, that sounds like a lovely idea. Right. I'd love to do that." So th th it's a concept that to me is one of the things I've had to learn as other hobbies because with magic we have to really. <laughs> Be able to go another direction, at least for me, because. You have other hobbies. So. When you mentioned the movie, you're mentioning crocheting. You mentioned that. You know. So what? You just play magic. That's all you do, all day, every day. You don't do anything else. It's about that grinder life. It is not about that grinder life. You you have a relationship. You have things that I've seen you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That camera I, I, right there is my <laughs> photography camera because I, I needed another creative outlet that wasn't magic. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it all the time because it became at times too wrapped up into my identity. So we've all been talking identity here. The recovery model is about narrative and identity. Yeah, um, absolutely. And there are a couple points that I wanted to tag on to. You're kind of like loading it up. Kind of like loading it up. Basically with what Chase was saying, about like capacity and what Shivam was saying about like holding that boundary for yourself. Two days before uh, flying out to Vegas, I had a complete mental breakdown, like hundred percent. And I feel like a lot of us did. And I'm on the phone with Nikki, and and Nikki was just like, "Understand what it is that you're doing." And she's so real with me all of the time. She's just like, "Hey, snap out of it. You're doing something awesome. Be proud of yourself." And huge, again, huge shout out to my wonderful partner for keeping me in line. Um, but especially with like something like Better Days MTG, um, I, I told this to Hobbs along the lines of the points that they were making of holding that capacity for yourself. My therapist has told me to write things down and that just does not work for me at all. So at any video that you see me post online, that's just right off the top. Those are the two minutes and 20 seconds of my life that I am just being raw, I'm being vulnerable, that is what I am feeling in the current moment of like what I kind of want people to focus on throughout the day, whether it be, hey, I have anxiety about a job interview coming up or, hey, I feel, I feel really, really good about the fact that I went 3-0 at FNM and now I have tomorrow to work on. I don't know what I'm going to talk about when I talk about it. Hobbs has said the same thing in, in his videos. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sitting at the screen and there, there's no pause re-record. Those are just my feelings when my feelings are coming out. I, I absolutely do not re-record anything yeah. with those. Mm -hmm. um, it, I literally hit record and I say in some of the videos, my goal is to hit record. Um, and even if I don't say something, if I say something that just seems rambling, I hit record that day. Uh, I'm, I'm wanting to just interrupt real quick, Ryan, mm -hmm. because sure. Ryan was mentioning me approaching him about Better Days MTG. What I approached him about was, you're doing this. I, I have never done videos. I've never done any of this. I want to do it. I want to make sure that you don't think this is something that is, you know, like that isn't. I don't know what people are doing. I don't know everybody's story. I'm just getting to know Ryan. I asked him for permission because I, I, the journaling wasn't working and I needed something. And like just hitting record, um, asking people to hashtag tweets that they do with the, the, so we can find them. It's just been something that recently has. And Ryan's like talking about this as like it's easy. He's, I think you're being dismissive in a way of your own strength there that I just I got to work on that. I know. <laughs> and I'm just not going to let it go real quick because yeah. it's too important to me. So, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so one of the other one of the other points that I, I kind of want to tag on to, as, as they were all saying, 
and Shivam was saying like keep certain things for yourself. When I when I met Shivam, we played a game of magic in Virginia, right? I didn't know who you were at all. Exactly. And now Shivam is and and I've told him many times, you are an inspiration to me in so many ways. You also keep me in check of like, hey, just block that person already. Stop <laughs> stop yes. letting stop the, letting the, the block button is your friend. The block button is your friend, but that specifically of like holding on to those moments that you can just keep for yourself and cherish those moments. I was just walking around. We were in Virginia. It was Star. It was a Star City convention, and I, I was with uh, I was with Matt Southwest DM, um, and and yeah, and we were just playing a game of Magic, and I had no idea who Shivam even was. I didn't know about casual Magic. I'm still like learning things, and I complimented his lunchbox, the Serial Experiments Lane box, because that's one of my favorite animes, and. <laughs> That's another conversation, <laughs> but that th- holding on to those moments of like just genuinely figuring out who somebody is without this whole veil of, oh, they have thirty thousand followers, they have five thousand followers. None of that matters. What matters is the connections that we are making that can hold us and carry us into the other days. And like that, that is our strength. We draw our strength from each other. And where where I kind of just want to uh, segue into is no matter what it is that you are doing in that room, if you are making connections, if you are trying to network, if you are trying to get into content creation, if you're trying to do a pack to power trade, which I think I'm crazy for because I haven't been able to do it yet, <laughs> hold that time for yourself. Walk outside for five minutes. Take a breath. Grab a cup of coffee. I'm, I've actually not drank coffee at all this weekend minus that first cup before, which is crazy to me because I'm always shaking it around. <laughs> but 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 that's that's realistically what I always attempt to do with the videos is holding that capacity for yourself because again I'm going to reference something that Nikki told me you can't pour out of an empty cup if you are if you are filling up your cup constantly or if you're pouring out that that cup into other people you're not going to have that stability for yourself and then you are just going to sit in a corner crying being like how can I do this how am I how, how who's there for me you have to be there for yourself and you have to be able to set that boundary. It's a beautiful thing to be there for other people. And kind of what set me off of, of my mental breakdown before coming here uh, was actually clicking through the tab of Better Days MTG and hearing all of the stories. And kind of like broke me a little bit, realizing like, wow, everyone else is dealing with something uh, that they didn't feel comfortable enough talking about until right now. So I, I think it's a beautiful thing of being able to talk to your friends about it. So, I, you know, if people do need to leave for anything, we, we're wrapping up. But because I wanted to do is give everybody just a, a, like a final takeaway from each of us. So, you know, we'll just start down there so I don't interrupt you. So I think my final important takeaway is, look, making content is joy. Spreading joy, bringing happiness, sharing the thing you love with people who love that thing and helping them find more love in it. And you can't do this if you are taking time to remind yourself why you love this thing and to remind yourself that you do love this thing and you love yourself and that in doing and creating you're giving yourself more happiness Mm -hmm. and so you need to remember that you need to be the core and you can't just ignore yourself and be selfless and keep giving to other people Mm -hmm. because if you give to other people without remembering that you're here you lose yourself entirely um the thing that i want uh others to take away from this is of two things because i Apparently, could only think of two. Um, the first one is um, 
it's one that has been told to me forever and it's still one that I'm learning is the concept of comparison is the thief of joy. That is something that I experience daily, every single day. It doesn't matter how well I'm doing. It doesn't matter if I got this super cool thing. I, I compare myself to others to the point where it's backbreaking. And so that's something that I'm still learning. But if I can instill that within anybody here, that's one important thing. And the other thing that I want people to take away is um, in any situation, whether you are wanting to get into content creation, whether you are playing at your local game store, it matters not. Always advocate for yourself. You're your biggest advocate. Take up space talk to people about things, be open, be honest, just have that open line of communication. And it's it's served me so well in my local community and I'm very thankful to have an LGS that is as amazing, open and accepting and loving as they are. So I'm literally taking mine and stealing from something that Chase uh, loves, that I love too, that is this concept of uh, opposite action. So this comes from DBT. So they mentioned one of the topics being, it's called dialectical behavioral therapy, but it's really for people that maybe have difficulty with boundaries, have difficulty with communication, social pieces where they, they don't say no. They don't like kind of to take that space for themselves. And they, they have to learn that they can't always trust their emotions, which is a very hard concept because our emotions drive a ton. E e even within this concept of like trying to challenge your thinking, there's a type of thinking called emotional reasoning, which is I'm scared, therefore something must be wrong. There could be nothing wrong. Fear can come out of nowhere. We really can feel this. But because I feel afraid, that must mean that there is something wrong. Or we learn to overtrust our emotions in that way. So then if we get to feel that, we avoid. We don't do whatever it is that we feel like we want to do. I, I, I pull out my camera and I'm going to do a Better Days MTG and I start getting shaky and I don't want to be able to hit that record button. The concept of opposite action is literally do it anyway. force it to push <laughs> that button and I have to then feel like I have to start talking. This concept of opposite action. Uh, so for me... My, my takeaway is kindness. Um, the, bi the biggest thing, in my opinion, is always finding kindness for yourself. And uh, one of my best friends told me a mantra a few years back, and I, I tell it to myself probably at least once a day, and that whatever it is that you are dealing with, that <coughs> sorry, <coughs> this is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. May I be kind to myself. And I've told that to myself any single time that I have found uh, myself being depressed or upset with something, stressed out about something, some content that I have to, I have to put out, uh, and always remembering to at least give yourself that capacity because it's a beautiful thing of wanting to be there for other people, and I have to tell myself this all the time, but I can't be there for you if I can't be there for me. So that is kind of what, what I want to leave you guys with and um, with you all, you all with, um, and if you ever decide that you want to do a Better Days MTG, I can't wait to see it. So we really just want to thank you all for coming to let us have this conversation. Uh, this is the second time that now I have done this with Chase and now we're doing it with two new friends, but just doing these, I'm hoping that there's ways we can find ways to bring this into conventions. And I think these conversations are really important for us to be having. I cannot believe how many people are here. I am overwhelmed right now. Um, <laughs> and I am going to just, we just want to say thank you. Uh, we, we, the room is open for like 30 minutes. I, I have a little bit of time myself real quick before I have to leave, but not very long because unfortunately I do need to get going to Sheldon's Memorial and I want to encourage people if you have that ability to go. Um, the kindness piece that you mentioned, I, I always say that the message that I learned from him uh, was that, was the kindness and to it just, I, I 
knew that that was going to end up coming up right now for me, and I'm going to just share it. So thank you. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ. Tay can be found at Taya Transcends. And Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lord Pod on Twitter or email us at goblinlordpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. Thank you.